We've got a, a great program uh, lined up and ready to go for you today. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about our Spotlight sponsor. Uh, they want to. If you have a a chunk of money that is going for your monthly budget just to pay these high credit card bills, you have to. Uh, you you got to get out of that. You got to get out of the um, the high interest rates. You'll never pay these things off. Now, listen. You're not alone. It's not unusual. Uh, but uh, my kick right now is to make sure that. We do everything we possibly can to become really financially bulletproof or as much as we can be uh, for anything that might be coming our way. If a Democrat is elected, uh, I think we are, and they pursue the end of capitalism kind of stuff they're talking about, we're doomed. So please, please, if you have a mortgage, you might want to think about refinancing. You might want to think about a consolidation loan, which would get rid of a lot of those credit card debts. Uh, and you could save thousands of dollars. Please just make a 10-minute phone call to AmericanFinancing.net. You can call them at 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Hello, America. It's Friday. And I am thrilled that it is Friday. Been a long week. We've got a lot coming up for you today. We have some laughs. I want to connect with you on the phone here right at the beginning and talk to you a a little bit about how you're feeling about things. You know, one of the things that uh, happened in the last election is, quite honestly, I was was a little bit arrogant uh, and and I violated one of my first principles. Um, I I wasn't listening to you. This show is about you. It's not about me. So I missed the pain that you were feeling last election. So I want to check in with you now, and I want to keep continue to do this during the, uh, the election period, and hear what's happening in your life. What are you feeling? What are you seeing? Um, how's your economy? Because that's the one that really matters. How is your economy going? Are you feeling the relief? Are you feeling pain? Um, What are your friends saying? How do you feel about the upcoming election? I just want to get a gut check from you on what's real and what's not. Because you're not being reflected in the mainstream media at all. We're also going to talk a little bit about Mike Lee. He's in hot water with Tucker Carlson. Well, when I... When I read the article about what Tucker was saying, I immediately got on the phone with Mike Lee and said, what's the deal, dude? Wow. Uh, In two sentences, you can uh, understand what the deal is, dude. And uh, it's pretty, I think it's pretty eye-opening. We'll give that to you coming up in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I find this fact fascinating, uh, but it is not a downplay of the police. Uh, I just never thought of it. And once you realize it, you're, you're, it's like, that's so true. How many times, if you have a burglar alarm, how many times has your burglar gone, uh, bur- burglar alarm gone off by accident? Somebody opens a window, somebody opens the door, and you forgot that you set the burglar alarm. It happens at least, uh, I think I've had the police at my house maybe 
four times in the last year and only one of them was uh, real? Well, it takes about the average time. It takes about 45 minutes for the police to arrive when an alarm goes off. Well, that's kind of a long period because they're gone usually in 15 minutes. So you never catch the guy. Well, this is because the police know that 99% of the time when that burglar alarm goes off, it's a false alarm. So you're put down at the bottom of the 911 list. If you have video verification, which large companies are the only ones that have this when they have private security, they can see that there is somebody and they call the police and they say, by the way, video verification, there is a problem here. Well, now they get the, to the uh, the residence or to the business uh, in seven minutes. You're at the top of the list. This is amazing. I never even thought of it, uh, but it makes total sense. So why don't you have video verification? Because they only do it for people who have lots and lots of cash, usually corporations. Well, now Simply Safe has that technology. And it's $15 a month, so you don't have to be Apple to have it. Simply Safe makes it really easy. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. The around the clock monitoring, including video verification, starts at $15 a month. Now, there's a huge deal going on right now. SimplySafeBeck.com. If you go there, you order your system, you also get a free security camera so they can video verify. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's uh, simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. As people holding. Um, I really want to hear from you today. So I'm going to start with uh, taking some phone calls or we'll get busy into other things. And before you know it, Bill O'Reilly will be with us next hour. Uh, so I want to go to uh, Claire. Uh, she's calling from Missouri uh, and going to tell us what's happening in her life and how she's viewing the world today. Hello, Claire. I have two perspectives I'd like to touch on, if I could. Um, and okay. I think they both maybe kind of boil down to the same root, which is a severe lack of in, um, introspection. I think in this country, we are not taught to have um, introspection anymore. Um, my mm-hmm. uh, perspective is uh, from a social media standpoint, I don't even try to inform anybody on Facebook um, uh, in a personal way, like on their Facebook page. I don't comment on anything anymore. I put out my own information but I have been shouted down way too many times, and that's just not a good forum to be able to discuss. Um, you can't discuss like that. To, yeah, yeah. When you're talking face to face with somebody, then you can mm-hmm. really, um, you know, well, they can't be as rude. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Could be, Unless but, there's a crowd. Yeah, Unless there's a crowd around. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, and then from my husband's perspective in the business world. Um, he, he read this book called Quiet by Susan Cain, and, and in it she documents how the Harvard Business School, they've moved from character to charisma, and now it's all about pretending that you know the answer. And it doesn't matter if the answer is right or not. It's whoever can convince the room that their 
answer is right. And, and my husband deals with this in business all the time where it's like, okay, we can't just solve the problem here. We have to grandstand and pretend we know what we're talking about. And it, and it's so frustrating. That goes against, him to try that goes to against done. everything that I've ever taught my son and my daughters, everything I learned as a kid, I learned as a kid, if you don't have the answer, there is strength in saying, I don't know, but I'll find the answer. And exactly. if somebody if somebody tries to bluff with me and use their charisma, that's the last day they work for me. I mean, I, I, I don't understand that. It, it, there's oh, when somebody so comes to you and has the vulnerability to say, I, I honestly don't know. That's when you win. And my husband gets a lot of respect from, you know, the, the people above him when he does that. They're astounded. Yes. They can't believe, but they know that they can trust him. You know, they know that they can trust him to say, you know, put it the way things are. And my husband's all about, it's funny, I mean, same as Trump, winning. You know, hey, are we going to win in this business? Are we going to do the best for the least cost or are we going to go round and round and round in circles yep. hoping that we succeed? So yep. I think, and I think both of those things come down to, we have lost the ability to look at ourselves and say, Hey, am I a part of the problem here? Uh, you mentioned, um, gosh, it's been a couple months ago now, but like maybe we should all treat ourselves like alcoholics, you know, <laughs> maybe we should all go through yeah. a 12 step program. Um, yeah. You know, because that really, that's that's the answer right there. I wish that was a required school, high school course, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think you, I you know, I've said alcoholics, recovering alcoholics, not the, you know, like, and I got another thing, the recovering alcoholics. <laughs> I love that. They're going to, by the way, that is- <laughs> it's the only way I can understand certain news, you know, like, and Bernie Sanders is would beat Donald Trump today if the election exactly. were held. Then it makes sense. Um, uh, Claire, I, I really think that recovery is what this country needs because you first exactly. have to admit that there's a higher power and you are powerless to fix the things there that are out of control. And then you need to say, yes, now- you know what? I've done a lot of things wrong and I apologize. Boy, those just that would turn us around. Yes. Yes, and, and, and on top of that, my need to convince you that everything that I say is right, I can't be wrong. You know, there's mm-hmm. that, like, we can't have a discussion that's back and forth anymore. It's like if you, you know, some of my friends, if I question them, which I'd done in the past on Facebook and got trounced severely, mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess I won't mm-hmm. touch that subject anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that um, being... Um, a nice, sane person on Facebook who puts out some things but is not, you know, in everybody's face all the time will maybe allow some of my friends to check out some of the things that I post, Prager you, walk away stories, you know, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. unless it's face-to-face, well, the it argument is is doomed. Futile. Claire, I will, yeah. t- I will tell you this. I applaud I uh, applaud what you're doing. I think you're on exactly the right track. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I have found that just living your life, 
as an example, not showing it off to anybody, just living your life and people seeing it and seeing how happy you are and how miserable they are without you ever saying it, without when you share something from Prager U, you share it because you found truth in it. And if people watch it or don't watch it, that's fine. You're not trying to win or start an argument. You will change the world. Yeah, just put it out there. So, and yep. I have um, written a 12, it's not a 12 step, but it's for people who don't think that they need a 12 step program. It's kind of a, um, you know, under the radar you, type of thing, hoping. Would you send that to me? Yeah. Okay, I hold on. I'm going to put you it. on hold. Yeah, I somehow, I mean, we get thousands every day, so I don't know how we missed it, but I'm going to put you on hold, talk to our producer, and uh, I'll get it right away, and we'll we'll share it. Thank you so much, Claire. All right. All right, let me go to uh, Nikki in North Carolina. Hello, Nikki. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, I grew up in Maine, and you would think that I'm liberal, but I'm not. Um, my dad was very libertarian, so I grew up with more of that sensibility. And my husband yeah. is a native of North Carolina, and in Raleigh, we call him a unicorn because there are so few natives around here. So as I was telling the screener, we have a lot of exposure and a lot of interaction with native North Carolinians who are very conservative. And when we are around each other, they talk very similar to Trump. They do feel kind of empowered. And sometimes it does bother me because I support a lot of Trump's policy. I like a lot of the action that has been taken under Trump. I don't love everything that he says and how he says it. And so I, I feel like, as Stu said the other day on um, the news and why it matters, if you could kind of see him as the presidency without an actual figurehead. <laughs> and I thought that's genius because I do love what he's doing. And I find here it's for the 2016 election, you didn't know that Trump supporters were in hiding. And now I can see they're in hiding. I see it uh, personally. I have a, a small business. I can't say anything on social media that even remotely might be construed as supporting Trump or even any type of conservative conservative agenda. Or I'm a racist um, and I'm a terrible person and I don't love children. And so, so Nikki, so, um, so wait, so yeah. let me take that. Uh, let me ask you this and take it down uh, one more step. I think there are a lot of people that don't say things because they are afraid. But I also think for the first time in my life, there are a lot of people that don't want to voice their support because we live in it. It doesn't mean they don't support him, but because we live in an all or nothing kind of world, if you say, well, you know what? I do support the president's uh, uh, policies. You're immediately with everything he says. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a guy who says, oh, I love President Trump because I don't. I, I, I have real significant issues with him on policies and some principles, but I'll vote for him this time. I'm pretty darn sure because the other side is is going to destroy uh, the economic world. If Elizabeth Warren comes in and she implements her, you know, end of the free market system kind of policies, 
it, it is it's global chaos and an end to America as we know it. Um, but that doesn't mean that I agree with everything he does because I'm a little nervous about him at times as well. So do you think there's that the that same. extra, what'd you say? I feel the same way. I feel like I don't have a choice in voting Democrat. I wouldn't, but I, I could never vote for any of the Democratic candidates. Um, and again, I do like his politics and I, I do agree. I think that it is, the second you, even if you don't say I support Trump, if you just say something about supporting or, or being thankful for something that's happening in the economy, the job market, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, our presence as just as a country, as a sovereign nation, where he's finally standing up to other countries and saying, no, you cannot walk over the United States anymore. We have to start taking care of our own and we have to respect that we have borders and we have to respect that no china you yep. can't take yep. over everything and it's scary it's very scary to think that it could affect our economy negatively even doing that but if you say i like the direction that is going in immediately you and trump are synonymous and that is a thing i think thank you nikki i think that is a huge huge problem uh, for uh, Donald Trump um, we, we, and America. It's going to last long after Donald Trump. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a real problem because if it suppresses the vote, it'll be bad. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, I, I've, I've taken heat from both sides for questioning and then for, oh, Glenn Beck's in love with him. No, no. I see what he is doing. Some of it, like, you know, the, the, uh, it's just, just the way he just, the vitriol sometimes is, is just unnecessary. And when, when you see that, you're like, oh, come on, man, I don't, what are you doing? But when you see some of the other stuff he's doing, he is the clear guy to to take the next election, and I'm not voting or doing anything this time to uh, take away from his vote because if he doesn't win, what are we stuck with? It is the I mean, you thought Hillary Clinton was bad. Look at the stated policies of the people who are running. They are literally calling for the end of the free market. That is the end of America. And I'm, I'm really hoping that people will stand up and uh, at least in the voting booth uh, and say, I, I just I don't have any other choice here. I don't have any other choice because there is no one sane that, uh, that is running on the left. All right, let me pause for one minute. Do you know what probably the single greatest enemy of gun rights in this country? It's not a party or an individual. It is ignorance or self-imposed apathy. Having only the basic understanding of what the Second Amendment is, what it's designed to do, and all the laws surrounding it uh, can be dangerous if you don't if you don't know what you're talking about or if you're just oblivious to it. You never, if you ever have to use a gun in self-defense for you or your family, 
the legal battle that you're going to face afterwards is crazy. That's why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association exists. Ending today, they've been giving away 17 guns every single day to responsibly armed citizens like you and me. All you have to do is text the word GLENN to 87222 and claim your free entries. The USCCA provides industry-leading self-defense education training, legal protection for Americans just like you and me. They believe everyone has a right to be prepared and protected. This offer is not going to last. Neither will the guns. You need to text right now to the number 87222, the word Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. Confirmation text is going to be sent back to you. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, to the number 87222, 87222. For more information and rules, go to protectanddefend.com. Standard message and data rates do apply. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Let's say good morning to Stu, our executive producer. Hello, Stu. How are you? Good morning, Stu. Okay. 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 Let me say hello to Stu. What is this? Burns and Allen? (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, There's a couple of things that are going on. The, The amazing, amazing story about Joe Biden and how he got absolutely everything wrong. Uh, in this, in this, uh, you know, war story that he told. Are you following this at all? Yeah, it's it's weird because, it, it, I mean, he does seem to have the basic outline of the story right, and mm-hmm. it's funny because it's we're at the point with Joe Biden where if he's got the basic outline of it right, is it even a controversy? I mean, <laughs> he's usually so wrong that when he gets something like half right, you're like, wow, good work out there, Joe. Good uh, work. <laughs> still, you're still chugging. Keep yeah. going, Grandpa. It is. You're still chugging. I know. We have a, we have this uh, Joe Biden gaffe montage that keeps growing by the yeah. day. That one's not even in there yet. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it just keeps growing and growing and growing because really every day we could do stories about how he tells a story wrong, how he lies about something, how he... You know, fumbles over his words, how he seems to fall asleep in the middle of a sentence, whatever it is, it's a heck of a. I mean, you want to talk about a weak front runner, seemingly oh both physically and in the polls. Oh my gosh. And yet, the polls say that they're all leading Donald Trump. We'll get to that coming this up. Is the Glenbeck program. Uh, all right. Uh, let me tell you about our, uh, our sponsor. We want to really thank uh, Norton Security. You know, I don't know whatever, you know, whatever we do on the Internet, when did it become everybody else's business? I mean, if you're doing something illegal, it's somebody's job to look at what you're doing online with a warrant. Okay. But in other words, uh, in, in, in every other case, why is it anybody's business? It's an infringement of privacy that we too often ignore, and it's getting worse Now, Norton Secure VPN is here. This is an easy-to-use virtual private network. It uses bank-grade encryption to hide your online activity. So it's a secure tunnel for the information that you send and receive online. So when you're searching for something, Google and Facebook are not tracking you. 
Nobody is being able to get into your system at all. It's a VPN. Price starts now at three thirty-three a month for the first year with annual enrollment. It's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms to apply. Norton.com slash VPN. And you can get your Blaze TV subscription at blazetv.com. Promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks now. You know, one of the things in life that is absolutely worth its weight in gold is peace of mind. You spend a lot of your time away from your home, between your job and everything else you do on a regular basis. You're actually home very little, especially during the week. Well, that's when robbers hit you. It's not at night, usually during the day when you're gone. Simply Safe's home monitoring system is exactly what you need. It is state of the art and best in the business with video verification technology, which makes response times three and a half times faster. There's no contract or hidden fees. There's no no fine print, and they can provide you with amazing around-the-clock home monitoring, both inside and out, for $15 a month. Imagine how much better you'd feel knowing that there was one less major thing in your life that you have to worry about all the time. Simply Safe. They've got a huge deal going on right now. If you just go to simplysafe.com slash Glenn and get a free HD security camera when you order, that's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7. Get your free HD security camera now at simplysafe.com Slash Glenn today. That's simplysafe.com slash Glenn. Now here is here is the latest from CNN on Biden. He made a what, what would you call this? Make made up a story, uh, you know, did a story but got all of the facts wrong. Uh, I, I mean, I, again, from Joe on the Joe Biden curve, this is one of the most accurate things he's ever said in his entire life. Right. No, let's uh, take uh, off the Joe Biden curve. <laughs> well, because he actually <laughs> did. The story's about a soldier. Um, he went to pin a medal on him, and the, the 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 soldier apparently said, "You know, I don't want this. Um, uh, don't even give me the medal because uh, the per, you know his fighting uh, his you know brother in arms had already died, and he didn't feel good about taking it." And it's kind of an uplifting story about you know, the character of our of our military. Um, so mm-hmm. all that happened. Like, he did actually do it. He did it when he was a senator, though, not the vice president. And this is a th- something right. that has been repeated over and over again. The Parkland thing was another example of this, where he was not vice president when he said he was vice president, uh, meeting with the Parkland kids. Of course, the shooting happened afterwards. If he met with the Parkland kids about the shooting when he was vice president, what did he know and when did he know it is, is what I want to ask. So he has this, <laughs> he's, he's one of these guys that he, he was plotting. I met with the Parkland kids <laughs> right. and very we plotted this whole thing. <laughs> he, he's uh, he, he is one of those guys that I just, you know, his brain is not the, the, the wires aren't connecting. And I think everybody looks saying, at this and sees this. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a five foot ten vice president is that what you're saying i don't sorry quoting mel brooks uh-huh. uh, listen to this this is washington post one big question facing candidates and voters now this is about joe biden from brian stelter one big question facing candidates and voters is whether president trump's routine falsehoods have changed the standards by, wi- uh, by which other presidential aspirants should be judged. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. I thought this was about Joe Biden. The Washington Post, um, the revelations about Joe Biden's completely botching, botching a war story. 
Last Friday in the campaign trail in New Hampshire, the Democratic forerunner forerunner told a moving but false story about a Navy captain who, despite his bravery, felt like a failure. The problem is, except, this is quoting the Post, except almost every detail in the story seems to be incorrect. (laughs) More more than a dozen, they spoke to more than a dozen U.S. troops, their commanders, and Biden campaign officials to figure out what actually happened. They, They concluded that, quote, Biden jumbled elements of at least three actual events in the story of bravery, compassion, and regret that never happened. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, in the space of three minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of medal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient wrong, as well as his own role in the ceremony. So bizarre. I mean, (laughs) because... Like none of those, and this is what's weird about Biden. None of those things make the story better, right? The story isn't better because he's vice president. The story isn't better because he's in a different location. The story isn't better because it's one type of a medal over another type of a medal. He just doesn't seem to remember anything. And again, it it, it seems to come back to that same thing where there's just like a a a mental, um, a, a normal mental brain function that occurs in your average person is occurring in a different way in Joe Biden's head. And it's, I think it's been like that for a while. It just seems to be getting much, much worse. And the important thing here, for, as far as Democrat voters go, has nothing to do with whether he ever tells another thing that's true in his entire life, whether he ever tells another story that's true. The issue with Democratic voters here is for them to figure out whether he is so far gone, he's not going to be able to win this election. The second the Democrats believe these issues lead to him losing to Donald Trump is when he's no longer he's, the front runner. He's he's Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I the mean, minute I, they realize he can't, he's Hillary Clinton. They will treat him like Hillary Clinton. Now, um, Devon Cole from CNN notes Biden made other several misstatements, not lies, misstatements. Mm. At the same New Hampshire event last Friday, including one about how many visits he made to Afghanistan and Iraq. But two wrongs don't make a right. Now, listen to this. How do you feel? This is about Biden. How do you feel about how this may relate to how you feel about Donald Trump? Lots of progressives are all up in my Twitter mentions saying this Biden story doesn't matter because Trump is a pathological liar. And lots of conservatives are promoting the Biden story for obvious reasons. Yeah, here's the obvious reason. I think he is mentally not fit anymore. He's not the same guy that he was four years ago. He is stumbling over his own words. He looks like he's beginning to go senile. And that's not conservatives saying that. That's also a lot of liberals saying that. But he goes on. But the bar should stay high, even if Trump constantly finds way to go lower and lower. Then he writes, here's the counter argument. Now, let me ask you this. Have you heard them have a counter argument for Donald Trump getting things wrong ever? Right. There's never been an excuse where they're like, look, he, what he probably meant here was this. They actually jump on it the complete opposite way. They look for anything 
he says that's the slightest bit off and then act as if he's making a major policy statement. Um, you know, this goes back to things like even going back to the, the very classic example from 2015 where he came down the escalator and said, you know, look, we've got rapists coming across the border. Everybody right. who listened to that speech could easily tell that what he is talking about is, are there some? Yeah. I mean, the answer to that is yes. There have been a lot of criminals that have come across the border. Everybody on earth knows that. Um, he wasn't saying everybody in Mexico is a rapist, right? He's saying he's saying that, look, we have a problem with crime coming across the border, and most people were able to decipher that if they were being honest. But if you go the other way and you just act as if the exact thing he says is a major policy statement, it gives gets you a lot of clicks. You get a lot of outrage clicks, and that is what the media has decided to do with this president. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They will talk down the economy, and they are capable of doing it. Uh, they will never give the president the benefit of the doubt. Now, look, if you want to understand this president, you watch what he does, not what he says. They've, they've, they've known this since the 1970s with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is P.T. Barnum. Donald Trump knows how to manipulate the press to be able to get coverage. Now, he he should change that, but he's been doing it his whole life. So you're asking him to teach a, an old dog new tricks. He doesn't feel comfortable when people aren't talking about him. That's the way he's lived his entire life. And, and we've all known that he's hype. We've all known this. We all knew when we voted for him or, you know, when people voted for him that uh, that's baked in. There's not a single person that I know that really, when it comes down to it at the dead of night, doesn't know that Donald Trump just kind of is loose with the facts, to put it kindly. It's not why they voted for him. They voted for him because he said I will be your president. And there are so many people in this country that feel like they've just been walked on constantly. They feel as though, uh, you know, I'm called a racist no matter what I do. And I'm not a racist. And I've been called a racist for the last 15 years at least by this media. They're not going to give me a counter-argument on what I really said. They're not going to give me the benefit of the doubt ever. They're not going to, they're not going to, when I say something, they're not going to make it about Barack Obama. You know, I, I heard a story today from NPR. They were talking about these people who are in the streets saying, uh, stop the coup, stop the coup. Well, I know where stop the coup is coming from. This is the Boris Johnson story where he has suspended Parliament. Well, that's not unusual. It's just two weeks longer than usual. It usually lasts about three weeks. It happens every year. Longer ones happen many times once the prime minister takes over, a new prime minister. He's asking for two more weeks than three. The queen approves. Now they are in the streets, and they're saying this is a coup. Now, NPR reported this story as 
uh, Londoners, people gathered in the streets. They're very upset at Boris Johnson and what they claim is a coup. And then they played this whole thing and they talked to one of the people. They never said these are Labor Party members. They never said these are the socialist radicals. They never said any of that. Where if we were on the street, we would immediately be branded as extreme right wing or a small group of people who are very anti-government are protesting in the streets. That's the kind of coverage we get. And that's why people elected Donald Trump. And the more the press continues to harp on him unfairly in many cases, fairly in others, they harp on him and never give him the benefit of the doubt and continue to call anyone who supports him a racist, a homophobe. I don't know how this guy's a homophobe. He's the first guy to run on gay rights. Nobody else, Barack Obama, nobody else did that. He ran. He had a gay uh, uh, speaker uh, in a prominent position at the GOP convention. How is, how is this guy anti-gay again? I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. Right. I can't do the math. Yeah, it's one of the, I think one of the issues here is that to understand Donald Trump, you have to know that he sees the entire world and everything he does every day as a negotiation. So he's constantly in the middle of a negotiation. And you could look at it and you could say, um, we should listen to every word he says and freak out about it. Or you can look at his actions. For example, with, um, with North Korea. He has said both, we're going to bomb the hell out of you and fire and fury is coming. And also Kim Jong-un is a good guy. And, uh, and, and we're, going to, uh, we're going to negotiate and talk and I think we're going to get to a wonderful solution. Well, which one of those is true? I mean, probably, certainly not the fire and fury thing. Donald Trump has a long history of wanting to avoid conflict internationally. And as you've seen in the past few months, when they're firing missile after missile after missile, and he's just like, well, look, they're not violating the agreement. Everything's fine. He obviously uh, feels that he would rather avoid conflict, and he's trying to negotiate. With China, there's another situation, right? He said over and over again, we're going to have a big trade war. And he's also said, you know what? We should go to zero tariffs. Well, which one of those do you believe? You could freak out every time if you're a protectionist and you're like, oh, he's going to go to zero tariffs. Donald Trump's a bad guy. Why is he abandoning his principles on, on protectionism? Well, he's not. Look at his actions. His actions are he's, he's you know, it's not a negotiation. He likes tariffs. He's, he's hiked them over and over and over again. Russia is another example, right? Over and over again, people have said, well, he's so, way too kind to Russia. He said all these nice things about Russia. What is it, has his, his administration done with Russia? They've been way more harsh on Russia than Barack Obama was. Over and over and over again, they've sanctioned them, and they've done much more pushing back against Russia than Barack Obama ever contemplated. So when you look at those things as a whole, you realize that when Trump is speaking publicly, he's typically looking to, to massage a situation into an area where he wants it, right? And a lot of to that has win. to... Right, to win. He wants to he, win. And he, if he believes that winning is, is, the, is the trade war, he'll say what he believes at that time that will, that will give him an advantage in that negotiation. And if you see how he negotiates for real estate deals, he plays hardball, yeah, yeah. and then it's over. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, that's my best friend. He is just <laughs> negotiating, and no one can see that. No, no, everyone can see that. 
no one will give him the uh, respect to be able to say, the guy is one hell of a negotiator because he scares the hell out of the other side. And you never know. Uh, he might do that. I don't know. All right, back in a minute. Somewhere in America, within the sound of my voice, there is a man riding a horse across a vast range of territory. And every day, this kind of, uh, they just kind of blend into the next day. That's the way it is when you're working out in the open and on the range. The sun rises, the sun sets through a filter of plume dust and the sound of thousands of hooves as God's creatures seek forage. This man... He is comfortable top of a horse in this modern age. He works hard, steadily, his eyes never straying too far um, ahead of the frontier that lies just before him. He's always watching just the, the nose of the front cattle. His Tacovas boots are comfortable, durable, and they relate to the world of his, of his choosing and his sense of purpose. Perhaps they take on a sense of a former better age. This man's frontier, it's still to tame the West. You know, Tacovas boots are made from the most exotic leathers, leathers available. They're handcrafted by world-class bootmakers. Takes 200 steps to manufacture a pair of Tacovas boots, and yet their boots cost about half of what a similar boot costs. Check out not only their selection of boots, but all the other fine leather and clothing products that they make. Find your pair at tecovas.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovas, Western wear for your frontier. You're listening to Glenn Beck. We have uh, the one and only Bill O'Reilly. Uh, giving us uh, his yep. his digest. Yeah, just one week from today. It's going to be great. Uh, he's he's fantastic when he comes back from uh, Labor Day uh, weekend vacation. Oh, uh, you're so. kidding me. He's not on today? No, he's on next week. Oh, I next thought Friday. he was on. Oh, I miss Bill and his grumpy attitude. Let's bring on an impersonator and have him say things that Bill wouldn't say to get him in trouble. <laughs> so he has to come back from vacation early. <laughs> That's right. He's got to come back from vacation to correct all the lies. Program. You know, I want to start next hour with uh, another AOC beautiful moment. And I think the only way to really understand AOC is if you're hammered, if you're completely if you're completely intoxicated, then she starts to make sense. Maybe, maybe I'll prove that point coming up in just a second. Uh, also, we want to talk a little bit about Mike Lee. Uh, and, you know, I called Mike Lee, you know, um, Tucker Carlson came after Mike Lee and exposed him. And I read the story and I'm like, Whoa. And I immediately called Mike Lee and said, dude, what is the deal? And uh, he said, I'll tell you what the deal is. Once you understand it, just even where Tucker Carlson got this story, it's not good. It's just not good. We'll talk about that. Also, the U.S. State Department removes all mentions of Palestinian authority. Uh, 
What? What was that? All coming up in just a moment. Hello, America. It's Friday, which makes AOC a little easier to dismiss. You hear crazy stuff from her every day. On a Monday, you're like, oh, this is going to suck this week. But on Friday, it's a little easier to laugh. And laugh we shall. Drunk news uh, with AOC coming up in just a second. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Mike Lindell, the guy who started MyPillow, has a great new offer from MyPillow. Um, MyPillow has revolutionized the way people sleep, including the way I sleep. You don't toss and turn all night. You don't fold the pillow over. You don't have to fluff it up in the middle of the night. It doesn't get hot. Ah, oh, I love that. Now, you've helped MyPillow uh, become the incredible company that it is today, and now Mike Lindell wants to give back to you. Now, here's how you can get great discounts on MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com right now, click on New Radio Listener Specials, and you are going to see unbelievable specials. They have Giza sheets, which I believe are those, is that Egyptian cotton? I love Egyptian cotton. The Giza sheets, the mattress topper, by the way, I have the sheets. They're really soft. Uh, mattress toppers, and so much more. For example, their dog bed, which uh, is, I don't even know how much. It's a lot. Uh, it's now nineteen ninety nine. But you have to use the promo code back. You're going to only find these specials if you click on new radio listener specials. Go to MyPillow.com, click on new radio listener specials, and get deep, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including... The dog bed for as low as nineteen ninety nine. Enter the promo code back or call eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen for these great radio specials. Now mypillow.com. Uh use the new radio listener specials and use the promo code back and you're gonna save a buttload of money. And depending on how big your butt is, that could be I'm sorry. Moving on. Back in a second. <laughs> Okay, could we play the uh, AOC audio that people are confused about capitalism? People talk about, oh my gosh, like socialism, this, socialism, that. Let's talk about capitalism, okay? Let's, what is capitalism? I think that capitalism and the idea of capitalism gets confused by a lot of people. Uh, I think capitalism... A lot of people think about capitalism and they're like, oh, capitalism, that means businesses, right? That means a free mm-hmm. market, right? That means mm-hmm. um, that mm. means competing uh, for having different products compete on the market, right? That's what capitalism is, right? That's not what capitalism is. Um, you can not. have free market economies with many, with mixed economies, um, which mixed economies mm-hmm. exist. You can have a free market with democratic socialist businesses. What on earth is a democratic socialist business? And a perfect That's example nice. of that yes. is uh, worker cooperatives. So uh-huh. worker cooperatives are, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you ever go to Vermont or if you go to upstate New York, there'll be grocery mm-hmm. stores that are employee owned or they are mm-hmm. cooperative. 
uh, which mm. means that people people own the shares and workers own the shares in the company. So a more mm. democratically, quote unquote, socialist ah. business would have mm. workers on the board of the corporation. Okay. Uh, okay. instead Stop talking or I'm going to be completely hammered because I can't take this without alcohol. So it's really about democracy in the mm-hmm. economy. Oh uh, I don't believe in government. Mm-hmm. It does not mean government owns everything. Socialism does not mean government owns everything. It does exactly mm-hmm. mean that. It, 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 now, 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 I think she is, she's got a cute little uh, uh, idea. Because... If you look at cooperatives, because they do these a lot, like they'll have a, co- a, co- a, a, co- a team-built uh, store, like a deli or something, and I hear about them all the time, because I'm reading about how they always go out of business, and you're like, why do they go out of business? Because it doesn't, it it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work. Uh, that that uh, that's why. No, I surely, I'm sure. I, I'm positive that uh, some of them do work. I just don't know where they work. Uh, same thing with socialism. Now she says, "In there, you know, you you could you could have all you could have all kind. Uh, there's a lot of varieties of socialism." Uh, and 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 I looked it up in in Webster's dictionary, and it's true. There are three kinds of socialism. And I, and and I think she does. Uh, she's right when she says people pe- people get confused. Uh, and so I did my homework, and uh, it makes a, a a lot of sense to me when you go to Webster's and you look up so, uh, socialism. It, it, there's three definitions. One. Any various economic and uh, political theory advocating collective or government ownership and and people running uh, the means of production and distribution of goods. So that's the really hardcore uh, socialism kind of thing. That's where, hey, that's not Sweden, I'll tell you that. And so maybe, maybe, we can, uh, maybe we can find Sweden under number two. It's a system of society or group living in, in which there is, well, in which there is n- uh, no private property. So that's not Sweden. Okay, two has a B. And uh, is to to be definition to be, to be or not to be, a system or condition of society in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. Okay, so uh, I don't really know the difference between one and two because they both they both suck. It must be number three. Definition of socialism. Uh, by Marion Webster, who I I I I I think I dated uh, Marion at one point, a stage of society in Marxist theory transitional between cap- capitalism and communism, and distinguished by unequal distribution of goods and uh, uh, pay according to work done. 
I don't even know what the hell that means, but it's got a spooky word of uh, communism in it. So it's probably, it's probably, it's it's probably, uh, I think AOC is confused. Very confused. This is absolutely outrageous how they are trying to redefine absolutely everything. And she's a dope. She's an if I were BU Boston University where she went and she she got her um uh her degree in economics and world politics I would be so humiliated I would be watching her and if I was the president of BU I'd be like and how did she steal her diploma and did she actually ever go here cuz if this is the kind of crap we're turning out, we should all go to prison because she's not very smart. <sighs> Maybe we have more co-op liquor stores. That's the way we solve the AOC issue. I I love that idea. <laughs> there is not enough booze for Americans <laughs> if her kind are running the country there's just not enough booze i love the her you really know. innovative point of you know there are things called mixed economies and those exist they do exist you know um in every country that's ever existed yes they've all had mixed economies <laughs> like yes it's true that like we're yeah, well we're no there's pure... there's pure communism i mean even, well no because even that they I mean, kind of turn into you know, there's a lot of oligarchs in mm-hmm. in communism, and there's so there also two... black markets right. that pop up like crazy. There's no way to have a pure uh, example of these systems. These are theoretical systems. It's interesting though that she applies the purity only to to capitalism, right? Like she's trying to make this case in which uh, she can be socialist but not mean the definition out of the dictionary that you just talked about. Um, but on the other hand. Capitalism, well, that's not what you're thinking about when you're talking about the free market. Well, that's a massive element of what capitalism is. It's, and the, the thing that's missing out of capitalism are the policies that you're pushing for. The, the things like, you know, Medicare for All and the Green New Deal and, and, and various other programs dating back, you know, half well, a century. But what I love is, she's, is she says, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, a mixed economy. You, you, socialism does not mean that the government runs everything. Uh, I just gave you the three definitions of socialism in the dictionary, mm-hmm. and all of them include ownership of the, you know, of the production lines. Your own Green Deal job says it's a fundamental transformation of this economy. And it talks about the industries that will have to be taken over by the government. How is that not the textbook definition of socialism? Yeah, she's in, trying She's in, trying in to in have... The, the one with the gulags and stuff. <laughs> she's trying to have this little middle ground, which is like, well, what do you like? That's socialism. What don't you yes. like? That's capitalism. That is exactly the extent right. of her knowledge on this topic. Uh, and again, I think BU, when they gave her the diploma, had already gone to the co-op liquor store a few too many times. Because it does not seem okay. to be that she understands any of these issues. All right. I, I've sobered up a little bit, and I want to <laughs> take you to another story. This is from Real Clear Politics. 
On his August 20th Fox News show, Tucker Carlson detailed how Senate Antitrust Subcommittee Chairperson Mike Lee transformed one of Google's harshest critics into one of his most loyal defenders faster than you can say Monopoly. From 2011 to 2015, Lee pressed the Federal Trade Commission to pursue antitrust violations against Google for its Internet search dominance, grilled its CEO, Eric Schmidt, for the company's abuses, and supported the European Union's investigation into the search engine giant. After the FTC slapped Google on the wrist, he said he would investigate the Obama White House's in proper interference with the investigation. But now, according to Tucker Carlson, he has done a complete 180. As a possible explanation for the flip-flop, Carlson pointed uh, to investigation or to investments in YouTube, I'm sorry, in Utah by Google and Facebook along with Google's fundraising for Lee. The two-term senator declined an invitation to discuss the issues on the show. Okay. Now, let me give you this from Mike Lee. Mike is a friend of mine. Mike and I have spent lots of time recently talking about Google, talking about how do you... uh, use the law without bastardizing the law, without creating a situation which, at least as a constitutional conservative, I don't want. I don't want the government to overstep its bounds. Once we do this, it's it's just going to happen over and over again. And Mike doesn't want to overstep the bounds, yada, yada. So I've been talking to him one-on-one recently about Google. I am constantly talking to him about, look at what Google's doing here, look at what Google's doing there. I have set up conversations with him and and others, or at least offered those conversations, whether they happen or not, I don't know. So he's passionate about it, and I know it. He knows what's going on. So I immediately, yesterday, when I saw that story, I immediately called uh, Mike and said, Dude, what what is this about? He sent this to me. Let me just read it to you. The Tom Steyer-funded left-wing attack group Crew, which has sued President Trump more than 175 times, recently spun off a new attack, uh, attack identi- uh, entity devoted to attacking conservatives over technology issues. This new entity from Tom Steyer attacked Senator Mike Lee for allegedly changing his position on antitrust laws due to lengthy, multifaceted campaign by Google and other big technology companies. Now, let's just dissect this as we go along. You notice anything about that, Stu? Anything important stand out to you? Well, usually there's not a lot of uh, conservative attacks uh, that are... Um, uh, foundationally based on a Tom Steyer attack group. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So let's start there. I'm going to take a one-minute break, and then just give us a little look at Tom Steyer's more than just a candidate who spent millions and millions of dollars to become president and just has been excluded from the debate. He's more than just a two-time loser. He's a very powerful guy. 
and Stu will explain who Tom Steyer is uh, coming up in just a second. And then I'll tell you what Mike Lee was really saying and really doing uh, coming up in, in just a second. Mm. So yesterday we're moving furniture and all kinds of stuff. And, oh, that is so good for your back. That is so good for your body. You just wake up the next morning, you're like, ooh, I feel good. Um, Except the opposite is true. That's why you should maybe think about relief factor. Relief factor um, reduces the inflammation in your body. And it's the inflammation that not only causes pain in your body, it is also just so detrimental to your life on so many levels. Inflammation is kind of the bad guy. Relief factor reduces that inflammation. And we're talking about not only just like, hey, I moved into a new house and decided to do it all myself. Yeah, you can go from that kind of pain to I'm in chronic pain every single day and I can't live this way anymore. Relief Factor works for 70% of the people who try it. It works for me. They offer a, a quick start trial. It's a three-week trial. Cost you 20 bucks. Uh, to see if it works for you. If it works for you, order more. 70% of the people that order the Quick Start go on to order more every single month. It's Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. Call them, 800-583-84. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So Tom Steyer has funded a left-wing attack group, Crew, which has sued President Trump more than 175 times. Well, they recently started another attack group. This new entity is going after Mike Lee for allegedly changing his position on antitrust laws due to a lengthy multifaceted campaign by Google and other big technology companies. Now, Tucker Carlson, for some reason, decided to use the information from this attack group funded by Tom Steyer, a Democratic candidate. But he's more than just a Democratic candidate. Stu, can you give me some highlights? Uh, You know, the guy's a billionaire hedge fund manager. We have something coming up in the next week or two on the TV show, kind of Mm -hmm. profiling him. Um, And we can Mm -hmm. go into that a little bit more. But um, he's... You know, made tons and tons of money. Um, uh, a, a billionaire hedge fund guy that wound up, you know, turning on capitalism and deciding it's a terrible thing. Uh, he's very big uh, in the anti, you know, um, anti-business sort of global warming world. Right? He's a big um, funder of climate uh, change causes. Uh, in fact, he's a bigger funder than like a George Soros. People think of Soros as the biggest guy because he's the best known name. But Steyer actually dumped a lot more money into this recently. He then launched almost immediately after President uh, Trump's election a effort to impeach him uh, and started a group 
um, designated to do this. If you turned on MSNBC or CNN over the past couple of years, first of all, what happened? Second of all, you probably saw a commercial from Tom Steyer looking very nicely at the camera with a fire behind him, telling you why you should impeach President Trump. He put uh, tons and tons of money into this. The outcome of that, of course, you may know Donald Trump's still in office. However, Tom Steyer was able to get an email list of about 7 million names where he is now fundraising uh, for his presidential campaign off of that. He's saying he's going to spend about $100 million on his campaign uh, to be president. He did not qualify for the, uh, the the September debate, as you point out, Glenn, but he most likely will for the next one. So he will probably get on stage unless they do something as far as changing the rules for the October debate. So basically, he is a George Soros, uh, except much more cloaked. He is uh, he's the guy in the background. He's the guy the emperor was working for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you don't? Yes, because they never talk about him. Tom Steyer is in the background funding a lot of these things like Soros. So that's where this is coming from in the first place, and Tucker Carlson picked up on that. But then Mike Lee would like to clarify a few few things. And when you hear why he has not flip-flopped, why he's made the statements he has... It makes perfect sense. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. So, uh, Mr. Beck, uh, you're going to tell us uh, our sponsor, of course, here uh, in this half hour. It is Goldline. Yesterday, we talked about recessions and why they seem to hit every seven to ten years. Uh, We have talked a lot about the um, economy this week, and I have to tell you, if you believe what I'm talking to you about, if you you really listened this week, your eyes were opened up, hopefully, and you see that there are many, many forces that would like to collapse this whole system, and we have to be, the only ones that can really save it are the American people. You need to diversify and please consider gold line gold has just hit a six-year high i think it's going to continue to grow um i buy it not as an investment i buy it as a as a insurance against insanity i want you to do your homework and please call them now 866 gold line 1866 gold line get some of your money in gold please goldline.com Go to blazetv.com. If you use the promo code Glenn, you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription. All the conservative voices in one place. Welcome to the program. Uh, this is the Glenn Beck program. And I want to make clear that this, this program has a very long and extensive list of having uh, no friends and a long record of that and a long list of people that hate my guts that used to be my friend. Um, I still, you know, in many cases, still hold them as friends. I just can't support them anymore because they've flip-flopped or whatever. And that usually happens. And quite honestly, because, uh, as, as Orrin Hatch said at one point, which should have said something about, Orrin Hatch to Orrin Hatch I've never seen a man enter this this chamber 
uh, and leave a better man. So uh, it's just a matter of time before they just, you know, are worn down by the battery acid of politics. But one guy who I do not think has changed one bit is Mike Lee. I have not seen, and I watch him because I've told him, Mike, if you go dark, I'm just going to have to just get out of this business. Because if you go dark, there's no chance. I mean, you have the best chance of being that beacon, and we have to have somebody that is 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 educated on the Constitution and is reasonable, rational, isn't a fire bomber, uh, but holds true to that Constitution. And so I'm watching him because... I will tell him, and if it means that that I destroy a friendship, well, then I destroy a friendship. Uh, I've done it before. In fact, I do it every time with everyone in Washington, because they all they always go dark. Mike Lee has not, and so I was really disturbed when I read this story about him flip flopping in Google, and there's you know Google payouts and everything else. In looking at this, first of all, it's Tom Steyer. So he is a he's a George Soros type that is funding this attack on Mike Lee. Tucker Carlson goes on and uh, and he does this big Mike Lee is a flip flopper. Well, he's not a flip flopper if you do your homework. Mike Lee and there's a there's a a, a big explanation, a really good explanation of what Mike is is doing, and you can find it at uh, lee.senate.gov, and you can uh, and read the article for yourself. I urge you to read this article. The, the story is, is that he flip-flopped because they did, you know, Google is, is uh, all over, you know, cooking the books, if you will, on their search engine, and Mike Lee is very well aware of it. I've spoken to him multiple times over the last, uh, just last couple of months for sure. Uh, but it's an ongoing conversation. I know he's aware of it. And he is trying to find the ways that are legal, constitutional, that don't cut any corners. Because Mike knows once you start undermining the Constitution in any way, you are going to turn it all over to politicians, and they will just destroy everything. So I invite you to read that at Mike Lee's website and really read it and try to understand what Mike is saying. But let me just read a couple of the emails that I got from from Mike yesterday. He said, Glenn, we have to resist the impulse to conclude that because big tech does some really bad things that we don't like, that that means that antitrust laws hold a remedy. He he says that what's happening right now is um, politicians, and is, this is a movement from the left, that, that what they really want to do is change the way we do antitrust. Antitrust, he has made it very clear for 10 years that antitrust should be about consumer welfare, not politics. So if Google, his complaint on Google is they're stacking the deck and they're pointing you to things that they own, 
things that they get kickbacks on, as well as politics, where you can't find the truth. And that is costing you more money. And so antitrust must be about the consumer and consumer's welfare. But there is this movement now that the left is trying to change the antitrust law that so that consumer welfare is no longer the governing standard. It, it seeks to jettison the modern evidence-based focus on protecting competition in favor of a long-abandoned approach that bases antitrust enforcement on purely political objectives. So Mike writes to me uh, and says, look, we, we have to hold this back we can't let the antitrust laws be used by politicians, even if we agree. He said, I fear what precedent this might set where political lines have been drawn in a business setting. Uh, then he points me to the uh, website uh, to read more about it, and I have. And he writes back, and he says, this is the problem with the hatchet job that is being done right now. And I assume that is uh, not only by Tom Steyer but, and the left, but also I would put Tucker Carlson into that category. Um, he says, Tucker hasn't explained what it is that I've done wrong, just that I am wrong and that I flip-flopped. He doesn't acknowledge that I'm a lawmaker and I am speaking, or and he is, he is framing it that I am speaking as if I were a law enforcement officer. I'm not a law enforcement officer, so what do I do? I'm open to ideas, but don't believe existing antitrust laws provide a remedy for what people hate. And they believe, uh, and I believe there are risks trying to shoehorn something into existing law. This is one of the conversations that Mike and I had over lunch about four weeks ago. He's like, Glenn, you know, it seems so easy. He said, but you have to understand everything is a can of worms. And if you open it up, uh, you better be sure that that solves the problem and doesn't create other problems. So this is not about, you know, campaign donations or Google moving into the state or investing in his state. It has nothing to do with that. And if it does, if it ever did, or if, if it ever does, you will hear it from me. And I will have, my, you've heard me do it before. Uh, I will have those people on. And as I told Mike, uh, the very first time we spoke, if you're not exactly what you say you are, if you start fooling around, I will become your worst stinking nightmare. You have heard me do it before. I'll do it with Mike Lee. But this is trumped-up bullcrap that is coming from the left. Do not be fooled by it. Yeah, it's possible uh, Tucker Carlson could try to get some uh, additional perspective from Tucker Carlson from 2009 to 2015, um, where uh, he was a much more libertarian guy, a guy who... I mean, those are literally the dates he was a fellow at the Cato Institute, 2009 to 2015. Think for a second about that era, like 2009, right at the beginning with Obama, when the libertarian, the Tea Party thing rises, right? 2015, Donald Trump comes down the escalator. 
This is, you know, Tucker seems to be just wait a few years, Mike, and ask Tucker again. And Tucker will be more than happy to understand that maybe businesses shouldn't be forcing, uh, be forced by government and, and retrofit into laws, whether you like it or not. You might think I like I do not like the, a lot of the things that big tech does. But there is a temptation, and Tucker is one of the big uh, proponents of this theory, um, to to uh, take the apparatus of the government and start doing things we like with it, whether the process is uh, there, whether the law work. allows for it or not. And that is not, it's a temptation. It will not that, work out. It's a progressive temptation, right? It's the, I it, know. It's, we, we've seen this over and over again with Republicans who embrace, uh, who embrace sort of this bigger government progressive idea when they're in office because you know what we like these things yes we know maybe yep. the government shouldn't be doing all of them but in this particular case it's something we want so therefore we do it um you know, look i there's a lot of things that i would love to do with the government power everyone wants to be king um but uh, we don't have a king there's a there's a good reason we don't and the the idea that we are supposed to now just jump into I mean, you know, he's every night he's on television telling us how we need to how the the guidance of letting the market work was wrong. It was uh, I mean, this is a guy well, he's who was wrong. A, he's wrong on that. I agree. Uh, however, again, who is this guy? He was at the Cato for okay, I'll tell you who this I'll tell you who this guy is. This is a guy who is uh, quite honestly listening to the people. And I'm not going to assign motives for this. Um, because some people think this is really important. Our founders did not, um, but he is listening to the pain of the people. And so what he's saying is we have to fix these things at all costs, and that will only end up with more pain because we will go even further away from the Constitution. And so he, he is on the good side. Tucker is... I think, in touch with the American people. He is listening to them. He is hearing it. He has become a populist. And you can become very cynical about that, and I'm not going to assign any intent behind Tucker Carlson. Um, However, he is voicing the concerns of the American people. I just think that he is he's abandoned every principle he's ever had to do that yeah, well, and i think it's dangerous and i think you're right though i mean it's not i'm not assigning anything negative uh, he may just right. change his mind right a lot of people have over yeah. the years that's totally right. fine but this is in the context of him essentially accusing mike lee of being bought off by google like you can't right. you, you can't have your history and uh, and and expect no one to assign some negative uh motivation for it when you're assigning a negative motivation to mike lee a guy who's stood in the same place yeah. the entire time I mean, this guy has been consistent with his principles from day one, and I just—it's—it's it's just hard to take. It's hard to take from from someone who has changed broadly over the years. And there's nothing wrong with changing. A lot of people have done it. There's nothing wrong with it. But you can't sit here and accuse everybody that you disagree with of being motivated um, uh, by grift when you know you've changed just as much and much much more than mike lee i mean it's not even remotely close all right uh back with more news of the day bill o'reilly is off uh this week because of labor day he'll be joining us again next week just a reminder i'll be in los angeles um monday i'm actually uh hosting the dave rubin show he goes away for about 40 days 30 40 days every year 
and then he comes back and he has usually really great perspective and he asked me if I would uh, uh, host his return and and you know probe into what he has found uh, with his perspective this time uh, and so I'll be doing that I think we're taping that on Tuesday I don't know when it runs it may run Tuesday um, so we'll be out in Los Angeles next week oh pray for me uh, and then back in Texas um, at the end of the week. More on the news coming up in just a second. If there was someone out there with with the ability to pretend to be you for just a little while, how much damage do you think that they could inflict? What could they do to your bank account, to your savings? How about your credit card? Would that even be intact when someone got done playing around with your identity? Your credit? Identity theft is no joke, and it has become more and more prevalent in our world as we develop new and better technology. Now, the wisest move is always to protect your identity online as much as you possibly can. Now, the good news is that that there is LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats and keeps you informed if and when someone out there is trying to get a hold of or sell your information online. Don't find out what it's like when somebody pretends to be you. Get LifeLock. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and get an extra 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK. It's promo code BECK at 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK, save an extra 10%, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Hello, America. It's Friday. Uh, Stu, have you seen have you seen the Peanut Butter Falcon yet? I have not. I've heard really good things about it, though. Uh, it's a movie. If you don't know, it's I guess would you call it, call it sort of like independent art house ish? Uh, yeah, type yeah. of thing. It's not a major major movie, but it's supposed to be really really well done. They say that everybody I have talked to that has seen this movie has called me as they're leaving the theater and they've said, Glenn, you have to see this movie. You will laugh. You will you will cry. And at the same time, you'll be laughing. It is supposedly one of the the best uh, stories and well done films that just touches you. It's um, it's a um, uh, introducing a new actor who has uh, Down syndrome, and he wants to be a wrestler. And uh, his wrestling name is uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, and uh, it's this this journey of misfits uh, that that is apparently just fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen the Dave Chappelle special? Uh, Netflix, yes. Uh, yeah, it's making uh, a lot of noise, and he's angering all the right people. Right, oddly, exactly right. Yeah. You know, I, I can we spend some time at the beginning of next hour because I want to I want to talk about this because something is happening, and this special really is a uh, a sign of things are turning. 
between this and the Joe Rogan special, I don't know if you saw that, but there's some interesting observations. Comedy is coming back with a vengeance. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hello, America. It's Friday. But I have even better news. America, it is Friday, leading into a three-day weekend. Yes. Thank goodness. And we have the socialists to thank for this three-day weekend. More on that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So one of the listeners to my program, Carolyn, wrote in and she said, Glenn, I have to tell you, I have had a very profound experience using the 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit. It ended up uniting her with her twin brother, Charles. Apparently, as babies, the two adoptees, separated since the age of two, did not know about each other. The reunion, she assured me, was one of the most moving moments in her life. I can't even imagine finding out, taking a DNA test, and if you opt in to find your relatives, you can go online and it'll tell you how you're related. And it's, it's a really an amazing thing. You don't have to opt in on that, but it's free. And so she must have opt, opted into that. And imagine finding your brother that you didn't know existed. This sort of thing happens all the time. I mean, I would love to work at 23andMe just to, just to hear the stories, the millions of stories that must come in. 23andMe, it will help you unlock your past. And in the process, you can learn about your genetic heritage, where you came from in the world. And most importantly, you can learn important information about your health, such as you know whether or not you have a likelihood for blood sugar regulation disorders, they don't diagnose disease uh, or describe overall likelihood of developing any disease. But 23andMe tests selectic, uh, selected uh, genetic variants only. So visit 23andMe.com slash Beck and get this important test information. Order your health and ancestry kit at 23andMe.com slash Beck. You can meet your genes in 125 different personalized genetic reports to better know who you are. You need to know where you came from. You might even find out that you have a brother. The number is 23andMe.com slash Beck. 23andMe.com slash Beck. Well, welcome to Labor Day. Labor Day weekend. You know, as a kid growing up, it Labor Day weekend just meant the end of summer. And white pants. Couldn't wear white pants anymore, or white shoes. Um, which I don't even think is a fashion. There are no fashion rules anymore, I don't think. Um, anyway, Labor Day, that's what it always meant to me, that um, the Labor Day weekend, you would watch the Jerry Lewis telethon, and the next day, you were going to school. Oof. It was the end of, of your childhood summer times. But, you know, uh, it actually was started by the Marxists, the socialists, to extol the, the power of the unions and the, 
workers of the world unite on Labor Day. But I don't think anybody thinks of it that way. I guess some do. But almost every holiday, this is going to blow your mind, almost every holiday that that has come after probably 1880, 1890 maybe, has really been a socialist kind of thing. And then they perverted the other holidays. Do you know that we didn't, when during the founding, Stu, during mm-hmm. the founding, you know we didn't celebrate Christmas, right? We celebrated Christmas, but you did. it was not a holiday. Did you know that? I don't know that I knew that. Uh, maybe I did oh, at one okay. point, but it didn't off the top of my head ring a bell. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we didn't have, we a, didn't have was, national holidays. wasn't really like a big thing at that point, was it? No, huh? but Christmas was always a holiday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christmas, I mean, these were Christians. But do you know why we didn't have Christmas? Um, we didn't have... The Grinch? We didn't have... it was a... Yeah, right. Yes! Mm-hmm. Have you seen that documentary? Yes, it's really good. Um, Powerful. Right, with George Washington as a who. <laughs> um, they, uh, we didn't have Christmas, not because it wasn't the federal government's position, but because it was considered garish to on the day that Christ was born, that you would take a day off uh, and not work. Yeah, what did you do uh, for it? You didn't do anything. You know, right, I right. Mean, Nor can one. you do anything yeah. for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that should be Labor Day. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we didn't, we, we didn't uh, do it because we thought it would be too commercialized. It's, it was a very private thing. People worked, and then they went home, and they had their Christmas meal. Do you know now when we did make Christmas a holiday? I did not know I had a quiz today, but no, I don't know off the top of my head. Take a guess. When did Christmas become something we celebrated by taking the day off? Last Thursday. I, I don't I don't know. Shut up. Um, I, 18, 1870. That's my next guess. 1870 or last right. Thursday. And Isn't of course that crazy, though? One. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems uh, it, recent for something like that. Right. So we had, in 1870, we uh, adopted New Year's Day as a day off, the 4th of July, Independence Day, Thanksgiving Day, and Christmas. Even though we already celebrated all of those, we didn't have the day off. And that was at the beginning. And, and isn't it interesting? In 1858, Marx writes his you know manifesto, uh, in 1870, Paris, the communist riots are going on, and we're beginning to be influenced by Marxism and socialists. 1880 is when we really start to go uh, hard left uh, because our people like Woodrow Wilson are coming back home from school uh, in uh, in Germany, and so they're picking up all of this crap. So listen to this. In 1880, we get Washington's birthday. In 1894, when just before uh, Roosevelt starts the Progressive Party, uh, we get Labor Day. Then we get Armistice Day in 1936. That's to you know recognize uh, you know the end of the war. Uh, in uh, 1968, that's changed to Veterans Day. Uh, in in uh, uh, during the uh, Roosevelt uh, time, we changed Thanksgiving, which was meant to be really, really sacred, uh, 
Uh, and we celebrated from George Washington. We celebrated Thanksgiving Day, just no day off on it, no holiday. Uh, and we celebrated it, and we had it on the last Thursday of, of uh, November. But during the Depression, we bastardized it. We took this really sacred holiday, and Roosevelt moved it to the third Thursday so you could have a Black Friday and have shopping season last longer. I mean, you want to talk about your gods. Columbus Day is 1968. MLK was 1983. It blows my mind that it, was, it wasn't until 1870 that it was a day off for things like Christmas. How much we have changed as a nation. Now, you could have taken it off. You could have given it you know, to your, your staff if you wanted to. Uh, you could, you know, everybody was free to do whatever they wanted. We didn't even have a standard flag. You could make a flag and you could put the stars any way you want. You could do anything you want with the flag up until Woodrow Wilson. We didn't have a national anthem until FDR. That's crazy how we have now become so nationalized where we were the exact opposite a hundred years ago. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, Dave Chappelle uh, special on Netflix. Everyone tells me, they're like, Glenn, it is the funniest thing ever. It is so brilliant. It's blah, blah, blah. It is brave. It is funny. It's foul in case you, you know, are, you know, offended by language. Uh, it is very foul. Um, but I don't think it's, I think we are forgetting that this is the way comedy was 15 years ago. You could make all of those jokes 15 years ago. Now, him making those jokes that were perfectly fine before are is, is now suddenly cutting edge. And it, to me, says a lot. It says that the left has overplayed its hand, that even people like Dave Chappelle and uh, what was the other one that came out recently? Uh, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Is that who you're yeah, Joe Rogan. Did you see that one? I have not seen the Rogan special yet, no. Oh, my gosh, is that funny? Really? Uh, the, the Joe Rogan special is really, really funny in exactly the same way, where he's just saying whatever he wants to say, and he's just done with the, you know, the shunning society. I don't know how these two guys make it, but they are leading the way back to sanity. As comedy always should, it should just take on truth and show us ourselves in a, you know, uh, a parabolic mirror. Sort of surprising, uh, though. I mean, you, you, because for a long time, right, comedy pushed the boundaries of criticizing traditions and, you know, religion and, you know, people who were too stodgy and such, right? And um, that has been kind of the, wait, the wait, pattern. Wait, wait, but don't you think that that's what they're doing now? Right, well, that's what I was going to say. Are, you, you hear them talk about it's it. As, new it's new Puritan, it, your Puritanism. It, it is like yeah. this idea that you have to line up. I mean, Louis C.K., who uh, has been shunned from our society at this point, and there's a very funny part. he's coming back. <laughs> it's a very funny part of the Chappelle. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, really. Funny. About the Louis C.K. thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he did a bit just recently basically saying exactly that, that... 
you know, people, you know, when you talk about which pronouns you're allowed to be at, uh, at, um, called and people get offended if they're called the incorrect pronoun, is that almost not identical to the way that we have to re- refer to royalty? You know, you'd have to refer mm-hmm. to a kings and queens and, mm-hmm. and prince and princess and, and all of that. And you're briefed before you meet them to make sure that you have the right, the right pronouns. Right. Uh, I mean, that is a thing. It's 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 because it's from the left. Most comedians have avoided criticizing it, but there's been a few brave ones, and and most of them are on the left. I mean, I think Dave Chappelle is certainly no right wing figure. Neither is Louis C.K. No. We've seen stuff like this from people like even like Patton Oswalt, who's an incredibly left wing guy who's just who came out and said, "Look, you know, I we're trying to help. We're, we I'm a progressive guy." But can you not yell at me every time I get a pronoun wrong that you changed two days ago? I mean, these are these are insane new standards that are being put on on uh, on us. And comedians are really the ones that are that lead the culture as far as pointing out how ridiculously absurd they are. And, you know, you got to cheer it on. I mean, this is why I get annoyed when uh, conservatives and this does happen, criticize some comedian for making a joke that's inappropriate or whatever. Like, this is the, the ultimate bastion of free speech. This is where it needs to exist more than any other place is comedy. You have to be able to exaggerate and say ridiculous things and not have them be take, taken like policy statements. It's comedy. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to mm-hmm. do those things. And it's beneficial for our society in the long run that you have people they, who can do that and not be fired or canceled every time they come out with the wrong joke. But they abandoned their post for the entire Obama administration. Totally. Um, they were becoming organs of the left. That's all it was. There was no comedy. It was They were going for clapter. This, it, if you watch Chappelle's comedy, people will clap when he says something and he'll say, oh, shut up. I mean, he yeah. is <laughs> he is not going for clapter. In fact, he hates it. Don't, I mean, he, when he said, you know, uh, it's impossible to be a celebrity now. It's impossible to do our job because everything, you know, anything you say, if, if somebody, if I've said something 15 years ago, you know, everybody wants you shut down and, and people start to clap like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, shut up. You know who I'm talking about? You. <laughs> I'm talking about you. Because no one sees this in themselves, right? No right. one sees the annoying person who's trying to get everybody fired in themselves. But, I mean, that's why I tried right. so hard to avoid it. And I know we've done that many times as well. I mean, you look at uh, I mean, Sarah Silverman's a great example of this. Sarah Silverman, who came out and was the through the entire administration, she's a complete leftist. She's constantly criticizing everybody else. And then here she is. She did a bit back in, gosh, it was 2006 or 2007, mm-hmm. where she used blackface to make a point. Mm-hmm. By the way, a point about woke racism. She was basically mm-hmm. acting like an idiot and not understanding racism to point out the evils of racism, right? That's the point of mm-hmm. the bit. Then in 2014, she comes out and now is so woke that she's critical of herself saying, wow, I, even though I was making the right point, I shouldn't have done that. It was insensitive. And in 2019, five years later, she's losing gigs because people are going, are pulling screenshots of her in blackface as if she was doing something that was racist. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, this is the society you've built. Do you not understand that? You've put all of these rules up and applied them only to conservatives 
And now conservatives at some level are trying to apply it to you. And the culture in general has now decided, well, now that's the rule. When we decide 15 years afterwards that something is completely wrong, we can retroactively get justice by ruining your life today. And that he cannot said he possibly was, be a sensible standard for a civilization to, to hold. When he was doing the Chappelle show, he was called into HR and they said, Dave, you can't say the F word you know, is regard in, in regard to uh gay uh, homosexuals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, You can't they can't you can't use that. And he said, Oh, okay, oh I don't, I don't care. So he decided not to use it. And he said, later I thought, wait a minute, how come I can't use that word, but I can use the N word and everybody's fine. He went back and, and she said, uh well because Dave, um you know, you're not homosexual. And he's like, well, I'm not an N-word either. So wait a minute. Uh, you're you're <laughs> implying that I am an N-word and that's why I can use that? You wouldn't want to I'm not, that's not who I am. You would not want to get into an HR a, conversation with Dave Chappelle. That would oh, not go well for you. That's such a good point. Such a good point. We've all been saying it. You know, wait a minute. This is a slam. It's either a slam or it's not. Well, they can say it because that's who they. You're calling them that? You as a white man is calling them saying, yeah, they can say it because that's who they are. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let me tell you about X Chair. If you're a small business owner, hopefully one of the things that you've learned is that happy employees make happy companies. It's true. And I ought to know. I own my own business um, and. It's a struggle to keep people uh, happy, Um, and I have happy people working with me, I think. They might all be trying to stab me in the back. I don't know, but I think think we're just a great team. I love the people I work with. When the people you work with, um, when they're doing the best to pull out all of the stops, you know, you might want to pull all of the stops out for you. They tend to want to perform the best job that they possibly can. That's how you build a good team when you're working together. There is something that you can do if you are looking to redo your office and you're looking to do new office chairs. May I recommend that you call X-Chair at 844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. It is with its patented uh, patented dynamic uh, uh, lumbar support. My gosh, I feel like Joe Biden today. The uh, chair that you need personalized for you for a comfortable workday is the X chair. 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of satisfaction, so you don't have any risk. X chair is also on sale right now for $100 off, so go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com, or you can call 844-4X-CHAIR. Go to xchairbeck.com now. Use the promo code BECK, and you'll receive a free set of the new X wheels with your X chair. It's xchairbeck.com, promo code BECK. 10 seconds, station ID. So uh, I don't know if you've been reading or following at all the Joker, the movie that is coming out. Uh, it looks fantastic. Joaquin F- uh, Phoenix is 
I mean, I just think he's a fantastic uh, actor. He he was great as Johnny Cash. I mean, he just nailed Johnny Cash. Well, he is now doing uh, a new version of the the Joker for the Batman series. Um, and they talk about that, how this is, you know, a lot of the feel is Scorsese's Taxi Driver or the King of Comedy. Um, but they they say that this is going to open up an entirely new world uh, for film, especially for the Batman series. They're saying this is not your typical Batman, and it is not the Joker that we all know. Um, it is uh, it, the descent into madness, and it's not a chemical spill or anything else. It's how this guy is, it becomes this killer, is he is just alone, and his idol rejects him, the, the city rejects him, and uh, here comes... Here comes the Joker, and he decides, really? Now, I didn't know this, but apparently the Joker has its roots in a silent film called The Man Who Laughs, which is supposed to be very, very uh, uh, creepy. But this movie promises to hold a mirror up to our society and how we are isolating each other from each other. It is... It looks really interesting, and there's a lot to talk about its social ramifications and how we are recreating the world of War of the Worlds, 1939, uh, because we are a nation on edge. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, I'm going to name four things, and I want you to tell me what they all have in common. Air springs, engine distributor, timing cover gasket, heater system. I have no idea. They're from cars. They're actually the four likeliest things that need repairs when summer switches to fall. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't even know where these things are. I don't even want to think about them, quite honestly. Um, I, I don't know how to repair them or whatever. When it comes to my car, I push the gas pedal and I and it goes and I push the brake and it stops. And that's all I need to know. Well, I need to know how to work the air conditioner, too. That's a better world. And that better world includes Car Shield. In addition to providing 24-7 roadside assistance in a rental car while yours is in the shop, they're paying the shop and they're paying them directly for the covered repairs. They made it so easy. I want you to call 800 Car 6000, 800 Car 6000. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. It's carshield.com. Promo code Beck. Want to take your phone calls coming up next? 727 Beck is the phone number. Give us a call now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I would like to remind you that our Christmas special is uh, happening one night only. Uh, I think we're going to be recording it for a special. Um, but uh, we would love to see you. It's in Salt Lake City, December 7th. Some tickets are still available, uh, and I invite you to go to glenbeck.com and uh, and just click on the Christmas show, and it'll take you to the, the uh, ticket window and grab those, those tickets before they're all gone. I'm really excited for this Christmas uh, special. You're going to love it. Uh, it's going to be very funny. 
and also the true meaning of Christmas. You don't want to miss it. Salt Lake City, December 7th. Glenbeck.com is where you can find the uh, the tickets. All right. Um, here we are getting into this election, and I I want to just I want to stay close to you this election. I don't want to necessarily talk about uh, politics. I want to talk about what's happening in your life that may revolve around politics because everybody in your life is being political. But I really want to hear how you're doing. We have some people holding uh, on the phone now. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Well, I left uh, basically a six-figure job to start my own business, and that has been very scary. Um, My husband is a self-employed person as well. Um, We never had a lot of overhead, so we saved and saved and just felt like this is the time. The Lord opened the doors, and we um, pushed forward. Um, We ran into some snags, and that's life. My medical director, I have a medical clinic, and he passed away unexpectedly. And being an APN, which is an advanced practice nurse, I can't open my doors without a medical director. So um, that's kind of held things up and trying to make bills and trying to get health insurance and, you know, all those things come into play. And I never thought in a million years I would open my own business. But at this point in time, this is, you know, America is great. And I know it's going to work once God puts everything into place that he has already. And, um, yeah, I think about recession and Um, Just my concern is that the media is in such a powerful position these Mm. days that they could start harping on it and create it. You know, I feel. Oh, I think that I think they're hoping to do that. Right. Right. And I I hope President Trump makes the proper decisions with, you know, the stock market and everything. I know a lot of times what he says affects all of that. I don't know how all that works a lot of times but Mm -hmm. you know i know it just hinges on so many little things and if somebody you know big with lots of money pulls their money out then everybody freaks out and does the same and so you know it is scary but you know i know there's so many ifs in life but god is still the same and you know as long as we put our trust in him he is the one that's going to provide all my needs no matter what and I'm not going to let fear control me. Uh, thank you, Carolyn, for checking in with me. I appreciate the conversation. Let me go to Mac in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mac, you're a millennial. That's right. All right. How old are uh, you? I'm 26. I just turned 26 in July. And and before we start here, let me just say, oh, my God, I'm talking to freaking Glenn Beck. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 even better than you ever imagined, isn't it? Just fantastic. Thank you, Mac. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. I've been following you for, well, since I got out of high school about seven years wow. ago. Wow, um, thank you. I know that's pretty rare. Um, no, I've stuck with you guys. Um, uh, you know, you guys, you're always hunting for the truth these days, and you guys definitely, um, you guys shine a very broad light on a lot of subjects, and I appreciate that, and it's it's very hard to find. Thank you. So there's a debate in in a lot of people's mind. Well, no, I, I shouldn't say that. There's a debate that sometimes goes in my mind 
that I think people have made the wrong decision uh, on. They they view it uh, differently than I do. Uh, I think most people will tell you millennials are are just a death uh, generation. <laughs> it's just going to be when they are in charge, it's all going to be over. I think that millennials are are curious. They're hungry for answers. They're hungry for. They know this is bullcrap, and those those one those millennials who. Um, are much more aware than I was when I was in my 20s and early 30s, are looking for answers. It's just hard to find them. But they are hardworking, they are caring people, and they 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 want actual workable answers. Am I wrong? You're you're not wrong. You're you're very much uh nail on the head there. Um and I, I would, if I was to go into that subject, I would, I would mirror a lot of what you just said. Um, you know, I'll take just, just out of sheer, you know, possibility here. I'll take myself as an example here. Um, you know, and my wife, I'll take, I'll take both of us. Um, you know, we are dairy farmers, um, and we are struggling very, very hard, uh, lately. Um, but it is it's a miracle that that god made us so resilient as as humans we can take things that are are out of whack um on an everyday basis and we can we can still see the light shining in and i think i think millennials can do that better than a lot of other generations um because i can mirror a lot of also what what caroline said because i mean we're looking at transitioning our or her father uh her father's dairy farm into our own operation here um, big picture next five to 10 years. And we're, we're just what I, the vibe I get from the economy right now is um, I work a day job to support the farm, which I have to, I mean, mm-hmm. it's sad that you have to do that, but I work a, a an eight to five job at a feed mill. And then we dairy farm uh, morning and evening and every weekend. Um, but the Holy economy cow, in our either. general area I, I don't know honestly how I do it either. Most of the time, my yeah. friends say I'm a, a walking zombie, but right, um, I bet the the economy in our general area here uh, is fairly uh, agricultural. We're in yeah. South Central Pennsylvania, um, and I, our feed mill is going from a three million dollar a year company to a forty million dollar a year company uh, in the next two years with a couple contracts that we have gotten hold of. Mm. Um, so it, it looks like the, the the thing I can see here is that the companies that are conglomerated, um, especially yeah. the bigger farms around here, people that, that have more control over what they buy, buying in bulk, buying every everything in an aspect of a corporation is, is doing all right right now. But what what's dying out, and you're literally watching the star burnout, in your own eyes right now is is family owned corporations family owned businesses are taking a large hit right now and there's none nothing to do with with trump or nothing to do with trump this this disorder no or way. anything of that nature yeah. it, it's it's the simple fact that glenn i believe as a millennial i mean i'm not i'm 26 year old i haven't been here for the whole show but i'm a student of history and I believe that if we don't learn from this history that this this country has gone through, I mean, you're doomed from the get-go. I mean, 
you live in a country where you have so many things to learn that, that have helped the world. Why not learn from it? So what I see here is we are in capitalism. I have no problem with capitalism or the free market. But I believe, as a theory, we have reached a point in, in our history that we have never seen before, and I honestly don't know if anyone's ever prepared before. But it seems like everything has gotten to the point where it's so big that it's like a tree in the forest. Every tree mm-hmm. is, is shining such a large shadow right now that nothing small can live underneath of it. And the problem is people get this, this skew that, oh, well, if we just chop all the big trees down, i.e. corporations, things that have built themselves up to become big, well, everything else will be dandy. Well, that's not true. I mean, if you allow these bigger companies to thrive on their own way, also giving a, a an avenue for these smaller businesses to, you know, develop and thrive. I think we are in for a, a grand future, but right now it's especially in farming, you're you're just not seeing that growth because it seems like if you're big you're in it and you're in if you're small you're not. Mac, I appreciate your phone call. Uh and I want to take your your um uh, analogy of the trees um and expand on it. Do you know what the largest living organism is on on uh, Earth? At least, I think, in the Western Hemisphere. I think it's on all of Earth, but it's at least in the Western Hemisphere. Do you know what it is? Uh, I would have to say a whale, maybe. No. It's actually the Aspen forests in the Rocky Mountains. The Aspens, oh, okay. and I know this because I have Aspens uh, up here in the mountains, and what I didn't know is that aspens, they they grow down, uh, obviously their roots, and then their roots spread out and they grow up, and that creates another aspen tree. So when one gets sick, they all die. Uh, if you start screwing with the aspens, you can lose the entire forest. Uh, and that's what makes aspens... Uh, so beautiful is they're so close together and they're so uh, thick, but they are not single living organisms, each tree. It's one organism. And I think when we look at how big we are now, that's the problem. It's there. Everything is connected and it's good to be connected. But when there is nothing else in the forest, if those start to go down, you got nothing. There's there's nothing and no way anyone can replace it. We are not replacing our farmers. The the average age of the small farmer is 68 years old. You're a freak of nature. If we don't pass on this knowledge, if we forget uh, how the land works and it just becomes corporate farms, we change fundamentally as a people and as a country, and if that forest ever starts to go down, there's nothing else underneath it. Thanks for your call. We go to Abby in North Carolina. Hello, Abby. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Thanks for taking I'm my call. I'm very good. Thank you. I have two children. One's 38, mm-hmm. one's 19. One's in college, and one opted not to go to college. And they're both Democrats. And they're both firmly Democrats. And I make them prepare their arguments. You know, don't just come to me with rhetoric you see or hear 
on Facebook or Instagram. So tell me why they're tell me why they're Democrats. Uh, I wish I knew because it's certainly not hereditary. Um, My daughter (laughs) is very uh, (laughs) my daughter is very all about the planet and and literally stopped eating beef because of Leonardo DiCaprio. So she refuses to eat beef because of his documentary. Uh, Is she eating other meats? Like my daughter is, really, my daughter has gone yeah, vegan. She'll eat chicken. She'll eat chicken. That's it. She'll okay. only eat chicken. Right. And okay. <laughs> but um, my daughter is brilliant. She's smart. She's articulate. She's been mm-hmm. successful. She's worked since she was old enough to work. So she knows that I respect her right to have an opinion. However, the arguments she'll come to me with when once I can disprove them. It's like, well, I still don't like him. Okay, well, so I think it's more. You know, so I mean that. For Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there there is something to be said with you know for people who are saying I I just don't like him. Uh, I just didn't like Hillary Clinton, and I had things to back it up, but I just didn't like her. She was an unlikable person. She was very very fake. <clears throat> so you're never going to be able to get past people when they're just like, I just don't like them. I just don't like them. Um, uh, however, you know, I'd be interested in, in, in talking to your children and finding out what it is about the policies of the others, the, the, the crushing of the free market. And if you don't believe me, just look at the green jobs bill. In fact, print that out for your children and say, well, what have. does this say? And print it I out have. and have them respond to it. You have? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always prepared when they come to me with their arguments. Mm. And my son, who is can, both my son and daughter, are completely convinced that Biden is the answer to our future, to which I can only laugh. If only yeah. he was a candidate, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Or it, uh, you know, just getting them to say, why? What does he bring to the table? Well, it's Labor Day weekend, and Blinds.com wants to celebrate the hard work you do every single day with some incredible savings on their custom blinds, shades, their plantations, shutters. I'm up here. We just restored an 1800s uh, cabin. It's 1880, and we've worked a year on it, um, and it's just it's just so homey and beautiful. I just love it. I don't I don't want to leave it, um, but I need to get some I need to get some shades for it. And I was thinking that Blinds.com is going to have the solution for me. So this weekend, I'm going to participate in this big special that they're having right now. Every order gets 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you accidentally mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they're going to remake your blinds at no extra charge. And now through September 3rd, they're having huge Labor Day savings up to 50% off of everything. Plus, you'll save an extra 20 bucks on top of that if you use the promo code BECK. It's blinds.com up to half off your entire order plus an extra $20 off with the promo code BECK. It's blinds.com, promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Well, we hope you have a wonderful communist holiday weekend. Celebrate your communism and your socialism. Support a Democratic candidate today. You're listening to Glenn Beck.